Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He lays Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be talking about Thrawn Alliance, the latest Thrawn novel from Timothy Zahn. But, of course, because this is the Ion Cannon Podcast, we always have a couple of announcements we want to talk about. So, William, why don't we start there? What's new? Yeah, well, I mean, we um, let's see, we last recorded our episode... Almost a month ago, so there's a lot that's happened, um, and very soon we're going to be getting into Resistance, so you'll be yes. having weekly episodes again. We've just been Excellent. enjoying our little summer break. But um, <clears throat> Resistance airs actually on October 7th at 10 p.m. on pretty much every Disney TV channel uh, TV property possible. Disney Channel, Disney Now, Disney Channel Video On Demand, Disney XD. And then subsequent episodes will air exclusively on Disney XD. Uh, and in the last month, we've actually gotten a trailer for Resistance and a featurette all about meeting Team Fireball. Um, Steven, I know uh, you and I got a chance to watch this one actually together. What, what do you what do you think of uh, Resistance? I, you know, we we were kind of talking about it. It's a little bit different, obviously, than Rebels. I think it's clearly going to skew a little bit younger. In fact, mm-hmm. I think in the featurette they actually talk about the fact that it's going to skew younger mm-hmm. um but that being said it looks like a kind of fun uh similar i think maybe to uh why am i blanking on the lego series oh what? freemaker adventures thank you Not like kind of similar it's you know episode of the week kind of thing uh the time period should be interesting especially if we're not going to be directly connected to episode kind of seven eight nine but instead it's going to kind of be in the era where we'll see some of those characters yeah. pop in and out it should be uh, six months before for yeah so yeah. It should be interesting, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Be inter- I'm curious think, to see how it goes. And I think what's fascinating about it is if it's six months before, how how long is this episode, I mean, this show going to run? Right. Is it going to be a limited series? Is it going to be like, you know, two seasons, four seasons? True. We'll intersect um, with, um, with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi at yeah. all. Yeah. 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 How is that going to happen? Yeah. Those I'm, are excellent questions. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure we'll get excellent answers in the coming uh, years. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. the 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 look of the series is very different than we've gotten um, previously. Um, I, I would say that Rebels and Clone Wars are a little more traditional Star Wars style. Where they're they're both stylized in their own way. Um, Clone Wars looked kind of a lot more like those maquette models, and mm-hmm. uh, Rebels looked a lot like a Macquarie painting. Um, but in, in many ways, like you could look at a shot of like a Vista in, um, in, in either rebels or clone wars and almost pretend it was live action. Like it was that yeah. good. Um, yeah. and resistance is a different art style, right? It's a little more anime inspired, um, very colorful, um, mm. very different like style of a, you know, shading and, and that sort of thing. Um, so it, it, it kind of appeals to a different audience, I think. It, but you know, everyone can can we can enjoy all the different art styles. It's just, um, I would say, it's a little more unique for the Star Wars 
uh, saga, even more so than the Gendy Tartakovsky series, which mm. had a little bit of that, but still um, felt more traditional as well. Yeah, because that, I think what's going to be interesting is getting used to a, what I like to call a, a cartoon shading on top of a 3D object. Mm hmm. Is that's how it feels that's exactly, compared to everything we've yeah. yeah everything else we've had has just been a straight CG character, right? Um, so this this will be, I mean, after one episode you'll get used to it because a lot of the the cartoons that are out there now do a lot of this, so it's not going to be that difficult to get used to. That's What's going to be fascinating again is the storyline they're going to be telling. Yeah, and it, yeah. it kind of seems almost like a Rogue Squadron, um, the TV series, maybe a little. Maybe a little more Wraith Squadron, I think. Wraith Squadron. Okay. Per- yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Per- perfect. Actually, yeah. It's a little more Wraith Squadron, but you know, it's still the it the the impression I get based on all the trailers is it's this this group uh, um, as we as we learn Fireball uh, uh, Team Fireball and um, they they just have to race to 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 stay alive, but then there's also this you know um, <clears throat> this this re- rebellion. Or a first uh, uh, resistance subplot, <laughs> uh, where uh, you know uh, Kazuda is working for the resistance, but the rest of his team doesn't know, um, and, and 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 so they have to complete these races and these missions while there's also this whole you know I think you know, investigating the growing threat of the first order subplot happening mm-hmm. in the background. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm. I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see uh, how the show actually turns out. The style of the trailer is a um, very different as well. I think Rebels and Clone Wars felt very much like this is the next chapter of Star Wars, and, and, and yeah. you know, uh, versus this one, mm-hmm. which is more. I mean, Stephen, I think you and I were talking about this as we were we were watching the 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 trailer and the the featurette. Um, a little bit more like, hey, let's go have fun in the Star Wars galaxy with this um, resistance subplot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm uh, yeah, it's Just, a very different style of series, but I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to to actually to experience the series in just just under a month. Yeah. So this should be fun to watch. Yeah, and naturally, we'll be reviewing the episodes here on the Ion Cannon podcast. Of course, we'll be reviewing every single one we wouldn't miss an episode so. nope that is you know william that is a big commitment because as you are about to say this is not the only star wars tv show on the horizon right now <laughs> that's true i mean yeah we'll we'll see what happens once more of the series start uh uh kicking out you know getting into high gear i mean we've got john favreau's live action series which is still i'm guessing a, at least a year or two if not more out mm-hmm. um but that one has a, an estimated budget of a hundred million dollars per episode. I'm sorry, hundred million dollars for the series, ten million uh, of ten episodes for the season. So about ten million dollars an episode, which is on par with a lot of the other really expensive prestige um, series, um, like uh, you know Game of Thrones or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see what they do there because I've always said if they're going to do a Star Wars live action series, it needs to have a big budget. And Disney is putting right. one heck of a budget behind this, according to the. Oh rules. yeah, and and I think the best thing about it is we already know going into it, it's going to be ten episodes. Yeah. So we know that we're going to get the storyline within those ten episodes. Mm-hmm. If there's going to be loose threads, well, we'll find out. But right. at least we get a full story within ten episodes and not have to worry about 
how long is this thing going to go? We know we've got 10 episodes up You know, I, I have to say that's actually my f- increasingly my favorite way to do series mm-hmm. is the 10, 10, maybe 12 episode format because, yeah. you know, you, you can really focus on making these fantastic, you know, deep stories that are very focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the when, you know, a, especially a live action series has more than 10 episodes, they can start to go down these other paths versus the 10 episode series are really tight and, and really, really well made oftentimes. So I'm excited. Totally keeps the story focused is what I like about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in uh, film news, though, um, the uh, Star Wars, Solo A Star Wars Story comes out on DVD and Blu-ray on September 25th. Uh, I think we talked about that previously. But mm-hmm. that's uh, but the digital release is just a few days away on Friday, this Friday, September 14th. Um, so definitely make sure to pick it up. I know a lot of people didn't didn't go see it. Uh, and so if you haven't, now is the perfect time. Uh, to go see it. It is it. such a good movie. It really is. And I, I mean, I yeah. was I was just I just finished the novelization, which is also out now. Uh, just came out uh, last week. And. You know, I, I I read the novel. I was like, man, I can't wait to rewatch this movie because it was they did such a good job. Um, different style, I think, as we talked about in our review, but um, really, really well done. And the more I watch it, and the more I, you know, read the novelization, and everything, the more I feel like, oh man, this this is feels like it's always been there. You know, feels mm-hmm. like it's part of Star Wars. It's always it's always been part of Star Wars. Um, and if you haven't checked out the novelization, I mean, the, the the DVD and the Blu-ray will have a lot of. Um, deleted scenes which i'm excited about like uh, you know han at the imperial academy um oh that's really nice yeah there's and, also the one that was released with he and kira in a foot chase exactly. where they ended up in let's throw a call back to indiana jones it was eels this time instead of snakes yeah um it's, yeah and then they uh, also had one that came out with um darth maul that was just a clip from oh, that the, was clip? Yeah, oh, from, from the film sorry yeah, pr- promo no, clip. i was like but uh, but you're you're totally right, and the the solo novelization, you know, as you would expect, I think from any novelization, uh, it can it allows you to to kind of get into the characters' heads a bit more and and, and find out what they were thinking instead of just what they were saying, uh, which adds some 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 context to uh, a lot of the actions. Um, but you know, th- this novelization also adds a lot of new content, not just the deleted scenes, uh, but so much more as well. Um, some of my favorites were um, Kira's backstory. We actually get to find out what happens to Kira during the the three years that she hints at to Han. Uh, they they actually give us the full backstory. Very there. nice. Yep. Uh, and then um, also L three, we get to experience L 3s thoughts as she's becoming one with the Falcon. Uh, and actually, she gets like there's a nice scene with her and Lando. Um, you know, after he, they leave Savarine, um, where he's kind of talking to to L three for the last time as she's becoming the Falcon, uh, completely. Um, Great, I haven't gotten there yet. You just spoiled it for me. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not much of a. It's not much of a spoiler. I'll I'll let you enjoy the the rest, but uh, okay. just just as a tease. Uh, but okay. it, it's really it's really well done. Um, again, nothing nothing that's going to completely change the way you look at the at, at the movie, but enough. Mm-hmm that um, it adds a lot more context and expands upon the thing, maybe the moments that the film glossed over. Um, so so don't don't miss that. Also, uh, we get to find out a little bit more about who uh, Enfys is working with. 
and a Ooh, connection to interesting. another interesting. film. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I won't uh, won't say any more, but definitely check it out. I feel like a lot of times the novelizations get overlooked because oh, it's the novelization of a movie I've already seen. But this one has a lot mm. of good stuff that will not be on the DVD and the Blu-ray most likely. So um, don't don't miss that either. Uh, let's see. Uh, last but not least, man, there's a lot to to cover since our last mm-hmm. episode. Uh, I know we're we're typically focused on the movies and the TV shows, but. Uh, there's some interesting uh, stuff happening at the parks as well with Galaxy's Edge. Tom, you want to talk about it a bit? Yeah, this one's interesting because they've already released information. Well, we knew there was going to be a cantina within, I guess it's Batu's Black Spire Outpost. Galaxy's Edge is the full name, and wow, that's a mouthful. Um, but they released a thing about a cantina, and I guess Captain Rex, the other Captain Rex from Star Tours, is going to be making an appearance as a disc jockey. You mean the, the real Captain Rex, right? Oh, yeah, I have a hard time. Those are it's fighting words, Stephen. It, it's it's I'm the just, Captain Rex. Go ahead. You know, there, I'm just saying, it's very important. There's no, it, there's it, the original Captain Rex, and then there's well, the derivative, still kind of <laughs> cool, but not Captain Rex cool, you know? No. Well, you can look at the Captain Rex, Either either Captain Rex in their own cool way, um, but this one is the Captain Rex is being repurposed from Star Tours. As I mentioned earlier, he's going to be a disc jockey in the cantinas. So My this might Rex be interesting and fun to hear. <laughs> Steven, I think you're the only droid Captain Rex <clears throat> fanboy out there. Um, at you least know, who, who thinks that we're we're a very rare bunch. Star Tours uh, Captain Rex is better than Clone Wars Captain Rex because. You're wrong. <laughs> well, okay. Now wait a minute. I think that I think what you have to hope for is there will be a disc jockey battle between the 501st Captain Rex and the Star Tours Captain Rex, and then we'll see who will come I, out on top. I would be okay with that. Yeah, okay. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, enough of that battle because we all know who would win. Um. Steven, well, of course. Captain uh, Rex. You want to uh, tell us what we're going to be uh, reviewing this week? Yeah, I mean, sure. People don't I already know because I feel like they probably do. <laughs> so uh, it would help if I had a description in front of me, which I don't. But well, I'm going to give you the Steven description of the book, which is so obviously we're talking about Thrawn Alliances. It's the second Thrawn novel in the new canon by Timothy Zahn. Uh, the synopsis is that we have two stories that kind of play out side by side. In the past, Anakin Skywalker and Thrawn are thrown together in unusual circumstances as they try and track down the location of Padme, who has disappeared at the edges of the Unknown Regions. And in the present, at Grand Admiral Thrawn and Darth Vader are searching for... I'm blank... Oh, sorry. Sorry. The Emperor uh, has determ- uh, discovered a disturbance at the edge of the galaxy... And he sends Darth Vader and Thrawn to go and discover what it is. Mm. And as these two missions kind of play out side by side, they intersect more than you might think. Mm-hmm. How'd I do? Was that okay? Great. I think you did great. There, there is one. There's one thing I'm going to throw at throw on because it's at the backside of the book because it really yeah. sums up the whole book. Time for Thrawn to face his future. Time for Vader to face his past. Dun dun dun. No, it's perfect. Yeah. An outstanding book by Timothy Zahn. 
Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And um, it's interesting how he, he wrote it because he really had the book and how he how he put it together. He was able to drift between the past of Anakin meeting Thrawn and then of the today of Thrawn and Vader working together. How that melded together was just beautiful writing. One of the things I really a- loved, uh, StarWars.com published a quick kind of interview with Zahn kind of about the book. Uh, nothing too surprising in there, but I did like they talked about how subconsciously he was actually putting together pieces of the story mm-hmm. uh, without really intending to, where he'd like make things kind of dovetail nicely mm-hmm. uh, without even you know really thinking about it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did a really good job with it. And then what, what I loved about the whole thing, it really he did a really good job showing that there was an inner conflict between Vader and then because there's a lot of times within the book whenever Anakin was mentioned, it was always Anakin, the Jedi. And it was never, it was never like Vader. Vader was always just Vader. And you always had the challenge as you went through the book. Thrawn always kind of pushed since he worked. And I'm jumping all over the place, but this is the thing that got me about the Vader part of it. Thrawn kept pushing Vader and just kept pushing the Anakin part of Vader, Anakin part of Vader throughout the book. And you could see the inner conflict within Vader mm-hmm. and it just got to a point where it was just like, stop, you know, we'll get to that later. But it was like, Vader got to a point where it was like, stop it. It's like Anakin Skywalker is gone. Well, and, and that's what yeah. I loved about this is that, you know, you've got Vader who is, you know, trying to stomp out his past, right. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and destroy it and trying so much of that, that he actually thinks of Anakin as a, as a separate person, right? Yep. As you said, he, he mentally, you know, when we see Vader th- thinking, right, we read his thoughts, he's not referring to his past as his past, right? It's it's the Jedi. Right. It's very third person, not me, um, that sort of thing. And yet, he actually does have all those experiences, Have all has all of that past. And so... When he meets up with Thrawn as Vader, this isn't the first time he's met Thrawn, but he pretends like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we get to experience Anakin meeting Thrawn for the first time, and then Vader meeting Thrawn, and and how that dynamic works, which is just so fascinating because, you know, it's it's never quite clear. Does Thrawn know that it's not his first time? Uh, well, meeting I, meeting this this man, or does he think that you know, like it? it it's just such a great dynamic. Um, and and, I, and that's the thing I loved about the book because when you when you read it, you hit on the point. When Thrawn met Vader, the se- actually Anakin the second time as Vader, you did start to see that Thrawn was starting to put the pieces together, mm-hmm. because you could tell every now and then there were subtleties as Thrawn was talking to Vader. He was hinting at Anakin Skywalker to Vader. And that was the thing that was like, it was always the Jedi coming back with Vader. It was like the Jedi. And and that's beautifully written throughout the whole book, mm-hmm. that whole hinting part of it. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I loved is that this series, uh, those are the series, the, the book is set between seasons three and four of Rebels. So, you know, mm-hmm. After the rebels escape Atalon, and Thrawn is kind of um, in some ways humiliated, right? Because they 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 escape. This is the whole thing with uh, with Bendu. Thrawn, oh, he's, 
Yeah, Braun he's absolutely Bendu. humiliated. Yeah, he's Vader totally. is loving just kind of poking him in the eye about it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that's it's true. I, yep. Oh, I love that part as well. Yeah. yeah, Vader's just like, yeah, teasing him the whole time. And the oh the... right, the Bendu magically made the rebels escape. <laughs> uh-huh. Good job. <laughs> oh, it's so great! It's so great, and um. And the Emperor is using this as the, the perfect test for both of them, right? Mm-hmm. He knows, and it's a, is it a little convenient? Yeah, that, you know, but, but the Emperor knows that Anakin already went to the Outer Rim once in his past. And so sending him that, and, and with, with Padme, no less, uh, which uh, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit later. Um, and so sending him there again. Uh, will make him confront his memories of Padme and, and everything that happened uh, when, you know, he clearly doesn't want to. He wants to pretend like it's it never happened. Um, meanwhile... Oh, that emperor. Man, oh, that emperor. So manipulative. It's so good. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Thrawn is, is, has been embarrassed, right, at, at, at Talon, and he needs to kind of um, test him as well and, and send him on another mission, a mission that probably he shouldn't be going on. And there's this unknown disturbance in the outer rim and so it's the perfect perfect time for them both to go on this this mission um but it's so well written in in so many ways uh and and that's what i just really loved about this book and of course all the other little rebels tie-ins as well there's just so many um which would make sense right because given how prominent um thrawn what you know is and was in rebels but um there's still nothing more exciting than seeing all these different little rebels references pop up here and there Mm -hmm. well there was the other thing that when you're going through the book it was the constant questioning of vader to thrawn it's like where are your allegiances Mm -hmm. and you know are you you know are it seemed like that at a certain point, Vader was was like, "Are you going to turn on the Empire at some point?" You know, right? And and it, and I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump to the end of the book because this I put this in the show notes because this this was very telling because at the end of the book you have Thrawn saying, "I pledge myself I pledged myself three ways. I pledged myself to serve the Emperor, Lord Vader, just as I once pledged to assist Anakin Skywalker." And then this gets back to, then Vader comes back with. Anakin Skywalker is dead. We will not speak of him again. You will not speak of him again. But this this is the thing with this whole book was very telling because I I love this. With Thrawn comes back with, I understand my lord, but I will always honor his legacy. So for me, it was like the Anakin Skywalker that Thrawn first met made a great impression on him. But you also get this feeling that Thrawn is kind of sad that that Anakin Skywalker is not around anymore. Do you agree? I don't know if he's sad. I think he just is, well, again, messing with Vader in some ways. I don't know if he knows for sure, but I think he suspects. Oh, I um, think he knows for sure. I mean, as as crazy as it is, yeah. I, I also think I also think we hinted at, at a certain point within the book, I mean, everybody's going to read the book different ways from different angles. I do think that he knew Padme and Anakin were a thing. They were more than friends at the end of the book. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I think you I think you're right there. Yeah. Um, which is another. And then thing... if, and then for me, sorry sorry to interrupt, but it, for me, if he can come up with that kind of conclusion at the end of the book, 
then there's also the conclusion to me that he knew Vader was Anakin Skywalker. Hmm. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Um, and, and, and that just makes his poking and prodding of Anakin even more fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I liked was, was the inclusion of Padme in this as well. Right. The, the, mm -hmm. and, 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 and also, um, Batu, right. The, which is, <laughs> um, as we were talking about at, in the, at the top of the show, um, the, the location of, uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I think they mentioned a cantina in there too. They, they do. just didn't name it. They didn't yeah. name it in the book, yeah. but they mentioned the cantina as well. But they well. mentioned Black Spire Outpost. They mentioned like yep. a whole bunch of things that we know are going to be um, at Disney World and Disneyland at Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, so they're, they're, they're totally setting things up. And they even there's even one reference in the book about how much things had changed in even just a short time in those, what, 30, 30 20 years how much Batu had grown. Um, so I think it's a, it's like going it to be a, almost like a tourist attraction, maybe <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. So I suspect that, you know, by the time we get to galaxies, tourist Edge, attraction or an amusement park. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, but, but, but anyway, um, but Padme travels to Batu uh, uh, to start this investigation. Right. Um, to to meet someone, her her one of her handmaidens went and and calls her says come here. Padme travels to Batu, and that's when she discovers that her her handmaiden has been killed. Um, that was interesting. That was interesting because it was a total setup that uh -huh. outside the cantina there was the body because they knew somebody. It, they okay people spoiler alert if you haven't read the book okay they knew Every, somebody was they, they, yeah, well, let's assume about that. they've read it <laughs> we yeah, could, I, yeah well yeah, we're yeah. gonna assume but i'm exactly. throwing that out there anyway yeah. um but they left the body out front literally expecting somebody to show up yeah and and when you read the whole thing about how how padme finds it and she really doesn't bat an eye about it but comes up with this song that she sings to to people like in the situation, which who's dead. Um, I found that interesting. The morning of the stranger. Yeah. Or whatever she called it. Yeah. It was, that was just, it weird. was a cool touch. I thought it was, uh, and, and kind of creative cause she, she couldn't admit who she was and how, Very true. um, you know, how, what this person meant to her, but she could still try to, um, try to mourn her and, 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 and do something for her. Yeah. Uh, so while, while we're talking about Padme, let, let me ask you guys, how, how did you find Padme's, the Padme story in the book, her chapters? I didn't mind them. Um, I think what's going to be interesting is if what you're kind of hinting at is how she was written. I think what's going to be more fascinating is the book that's coming out later. That's going to show her transition from queen to Senator. It's actually, uh, I thought she was written really well. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, again, this is something that came out of the StarWars.com interview. Uh, okay. He talked, Thrawn talked to, Thrawn, Zahn talked about how he based uh, Padme, kind of how she is in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. In, you know, the movies, she's kind, not one dimensional, but all, she is the senator. And he talked about how, uh, one of the things the Clone Wars did with her is it really showed that she has this repertoire of abilities from, 
uh, deception to politician to warrior and kind of letting her float in between those. Mm -hmm. And so I actually really liked how she was written. I just found a lot of her chapters like it was basically the it was not what I ever wanted to read. I wanted to either Mm -hmm. see what's the latest happening with Thrawn and Anakin or what's happening with Vader and Thrawn. I very rarely wanted to know what was happening with Padme, especially I feel like when she was on the, uh, oh, what you know, the, the what was the planet? planet the she was in, like, basically in prison or oh. she was uh, hiding. Yeah. Uh, when she was in hiding, break, I was just, every time those, she yeah. came up and I was, I was like, I don't really care about like, not the farmer, but the like. Yeah, the, the, the workers, like, the workers she was helping to support. Yeah, the workers yeah. plight, like, I get it. It's, it's an interesting thing, you know, that obviously the war has impact on all these people, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it didn't do it for me. No, and and I I kind of agree because it seemed like for me they were a little they, they were a little too backwater for me. It was almost like um um oh, I'm not going to go there, but it, yeah, they were a little too backwater for me. Yeah, uh, I yeah. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what they were what 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 Zahn was going for. Um, oh, absolutely, and and, and kind of trying to show. Padme's journey and then you know I, I well I so I think the problem is that it it basically meant we were repeating the same the same areas and the same type of thing multiple times it's like in a mm-hmm. you know in a video game where you go back to the same level <laughs> over and over right. and over again right uh in yep. slightly different ways and uh I, I guess maybe it had some of some of that and that you know the the Thrawn and Vader or Thrawn and Anakin dynamic was so good that just mm-hmm. going and seeing Padme running around this random planet trying to find, um, you know, what the uh, you know, whatever her 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 handmaiden had tried to send her was a little bit less exciting. And and for the most part, she was just kind of on the run. She didn't really have a ship, so she was hiding, trying to get help from the locals. Um, and for a long time, she was just sitting in that um, boat. that hot yeah boat basically or yeah the, that hot the, boat. The shelter. Um, yeah, and for you know, I think I think it might have worked better because her she was at the forefront of kind of discovering where you know what the separatists were doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So if she were the one who were to discover that and kind of advance that story, I think it would have worked. But instead, we didn't find out anything about you know mm-hmm. what the separatists were doing until Anakin actually got there anyway. So it just right. kind of yeah. defeated the purpose almost. Yeah. Right. And, and the other the other thing that was part of this was she kept telling the. The, the what was called like the little resistant fighter group that she needed the bail money from her uncle Anakin. He shows up, you'll get the money. Oh, he's going to be here. He's you'll get the money. It's like that. I'm not going to say it got a little old after a while, but it got a little tiring to keep hearing that as soon as he shows up, you'll get the money, you'll get your bail and all the other stuff. Just, you know, bear with me. He'll be here. Cause that popped up a few times and that's like, okay, yeah. we get it. That'll happen. Well, and it, I don't know. It was a little odd how uh, gullible, I guess, the people were, even though I feel like they were being portrayed as not that gullible, mm. if that makes sense. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, one, well, that's the thing. It's like I, I, I agree, but I'm trying to remember the one that actually helped her. Oh, it's sort yeah, of cause an he, owl. Yeah, because he was, he was kind of like, well, it's going to happen anyway. So I might as well help you. He had that kind of attitude, almost like uh, uh, resignation that yeah. the factory's going to get blown up, whatever. I'm going to help you anyway because it's going to be blown up because that's that's what happens around this place. 
it's almost like they they had no they had no future when you looked at it from that point of view because whenever they try and take a step forward something's always going to happen and slap them backward and that's what i got it kind of got from the guy that, that actually helped her and the guys that were basically holding her for ransom that basically at the end didn't help because well the factory is going to get blown up anyway so <laughs> yeah i agree i i thought they he was is almost kind of trying to show and demonstrate like, hey, this is what happens when there's a war. Like, obviously, you know, people that are certainly innocent in this are going to get hurt. And that's just kind of a right. byproduct. Right. Um, it was just, yeah, it, was just, it just dragged on a little bit for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I, I still, enjoy, I, I agree. It was, it was the slowest part of the book, but I still enjoyed having Padme there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the oh, dynamic I- that it, it lent uh, as a yeah, result. I, I really love the sequences with um, Anakin and Thrawn and Padme. Yes. And like, especially no, cause Anakin doesn't really know how smart Thrawn is, but we do. Right. And so when Anakin's like, we have to go after her. And he's like, well, you know, obviously we need to complete the mission first. Anakin's like, no, Ugh, fine. And Thrawn's like, Hmm, certainly didn't tell me anything. Don't worry. <laughs> well, that, and that's why I get back to, I think Thrawn, at the end of the book knows that Anakin and Padme were more than just friends because Anakin, I think at one point almost tipped his hand. And then the second thing, I do think that that's why he kept needling Vader every once in a while that he knows Anakin actually turned into Vader. Cause if you really read into all that, I think it all leads into the end of the book that Thrawn knows. I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There's nothing nothing else it could be. Yeah. So not to switch topic to switch a little bit, but what did you guys think of the that there was like an inner monologue between Vader and, and well, it's like Vader uh Anakin about the whole force thing about you got into his head saying, Okay, there's gonna be a, a blaster bolt coming this way, uh, a blaster bolt coming this yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of that? Because that, that was kind of <sighs> thrawn esque when you read the first Thrawn book. Thrawn was actually reading uh, uh, facial expressions and personalities of other people. So that one was, I had I have mixed feelings about this one. Okay. On the one hand, I liked, I liked it more in concept than in 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 execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, in concept, I like I I liked it because it shows that what Anakin was thinking, right? Um, and or, or Vader was thinking, and how he's using the Force, right? And how he's seeing. Uh, what's going to happen? What, what did they call it? It was uh, double vision. There you go. Right? It would say like double vision colon, and then you know the Jedi saw this thing or you know whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. Double vision. Someone attacks, right? Um, I think where where I, I I found it though a little bit confusing because I would read it. I don't know for whatever reason I read it like it was actually happening, and then I'd read the next sentence and it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, or like he deflected it or, or, or whatever. I don't know. I just felt like the way it was written was slightly confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I, I was also actually, that was one of my favorite parts of the book. I'd say really, um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it was just, I shouldn't say favorite parts of the book. Like it was just the style of it. I, I really liked, I just thought, you know, we don't often get to see kind of a Jedi perspective, I guess I would call it. Um, it just kind of is like, it is what it is basically. And so it was just, 
I thought really cool to like really get a sense of like this is what kind of what it's what it's like basically. Mm-hmm. See, I I think for me I I liked it, but I think it worked better for Thrawn. Mm. I think for the jet for for Anakin and, and Vader, I think it works fine because you are getting inside their head and how they're seeing it. You know uh, how how a battle works in their head. But I liked it more for Thrawn because you 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 got to see toward the end of the the first book where it was all going, and you got I think because it was Thrawn, you were able to get into his head because it was Thrawn, and you got to see his thinking process to kind of bring it over to Anakin. It worked, but I think it worked better from Thrawn's perspective than the Jedi slash Anakin perspective, Vader perspective. It still worked. It was kind of cool to read, but you're 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 using the same thing twice, and yeah. it works for one and kind of works for the other. Now, what I found interesting in the book is you had Darth Vader instead of having his backup being the 501st, it was the first Legion stormtroopers. What did you guys think of that? To me, that just sounded like a a division of the 501st. It was like the most elite of the elite, right? Okay. Or am I crazy? I, it, well, that's, no, that, that, that was my take on it too. Okay, then I may I may have read it wrong because I I thought I thought if I read the book correctly, his okay I can't remember his rank, but let's just call him Master Sergeant. Was always worried about if he got did something wrong, a he would either be offed because Vader did that an awful lot, or B, he would end up going back, if I read this correctly, going back to the 500. Commander Kimmond? Yes, yeah. thank you. So I, I, if I'm reading it wrong, I had this feeling reading it that the First Legion was a little bit more elite than the 501st. If they're an offshoot of the 501st, then that would be great. But you know, I just found it surprising that all of a sudden there's these new stormtroopers, and Anakin, mm. I mean, Vader didn't have his 501st. Yeah, the impression I got was just that it was like a a part of the 501st, right? Okay. Um, okay. Then, then I read it K- wrong. Kimmon just le- leads up that elite group, just like you know, Commander uh, Commodore Faro is the second in command uh, on on the Chimera. Got it. You know, and they just have different different positions, and it tries to give us a little more uh, of a look at you know what these soldiers' lives are like below such brilliant and fearsome people as Thrawn yeah. and, and, and Vader, um, which, which I thought was a, a, a neat perspective to have. And there was another, another thing that I found fascinating was on the bridge and how Thrawn ran his bridge mm-hmm. and how it kind of went counter to how Vader would have run the bridge of a Star Destroyer. That I found fascinating. Mm-hmm. I was seeing their two command styles. Yeah. yeah, seeing their two command styles kind of side by, not even side by side, but just how they approached it was just fascinating, I thought. Yeah. Because you, could, you right. could almost feel at some point Vader wanted to just jump in there. But it just, <laughs> well, and it he kind of did at some points too, which was, which was the other fascinating dynamic where, you know, Vader would come in and try to basically take over uh, the Chimera. And he was kind of like mm-hmm. this this unwanted uh, presence on the ship so much so that, you know, for, for much of the book, um, the, the uh, Rook is just following Vader and his troops around oh, spying yeah, on them, looking Rook. what they're up to. Um, 
you know and like there's the whole the whole subplot of like rook constantly trying to sneak onto the ship uh onto vader's like private ship because you know he should he should have a complete run of the ship he should be allowed anywhere mm-hmm. uh and his yeah. troops like throwing him out repeatedly <laughs> and they're like we're gonna kill this guy if you don't stop yeah. your nogri um, but the best thing about it rook did get the final we'll call it the final laugh because he ended up at the end helping out the first legion stormtroopers and i think didn't rook tell the commander that he was oh god i can't remember the lines uh, what the line was but it was almost to the extent of i was always following your orders or something to that extent right right it's a great dynamic of like yeah they're all on the same side but there's no love lost between the no. them <laughs> they, no, they, they hate each other Absolutely not. Uh, and we even got some Volt Scaris as well, which I really enjoyed. Um, you know, character from from Star Wars Rebels, and uh, he he as you know fans of Rebels knows, uh, flying the the Tie Defenders and and mm-hmm. very much uh, in, involved in that whole thing. And um, part of the the subplot I liked here was, you know, the 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 fight over where the empire's resources should go should they go into the tie defender program on lothal mm. or should they go into tarkin's um stardust program mm-hmm. right uh the death star and um you know tarkin obviously believes the death star and naturally um, naturally mm. yep. and, and vader probably supports it uh although he's not completely in support um, but meanwhile thrawn thinks it that's that like this giant unknown super weapon, right? That's a waste of resources. We should be having improved tide fighters instead. The tide defenders are significantly improved with hyperdrives and shields, and uh, they're much much better um, than one single expensive weapon. Um, and so their dynamic throughout the book uh, on uh, about that topic is just so good and i and i love how that ties into not just rebels but you know Mm -hmm. the rogue one in in many ways as well well the best thing about it is at the end of the book vader actually throws his support behind the tide defender Uh and goes so far as saying i will give you advice on how to make it even better (laughs) exactly yeah uh which kind of you know is a nice is a nice moment for vader to actually support something thrawn does and also Mm kind of sets up his um, his well, not really rivalry, but his uh, lack of support, let's say, for for uh, Tarkin uh, mm-hmm. later on. Um, now, the one thing we're kind of skimming over when it comes to the book is the actual reason why they went to find Padme, because Padme was trying to track down. It ended up being a factory that was producing droids using. Um, Catorsis. There you go. Yeah. It's, for for a second there, for a second there, I got it crossed with uh, Basker armor, uh, the, the Basker oh, yeah, stuff yeah, from yeah. Mandalore. But it, Catorsis was something completely different. We haven't seen Cortosis in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting that the Separatists were using it to build basically um, uh, uh, indestructible droids. And yeah. that's why that's where they ended up. And that's where uh, Padme ended up on that planet with the workers, because um, that's where the stuff was at. It was very cool for to see Thrawn get to kind of bring that back. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. The thing I found fascinating is throughout the whole thing of them finally finding the factory, 
that Anakin, in the end, decided to blow the thing up. And Mm -hmm. I thought what was very interesting was Thrawn was trying to talk him out of it. And just Anakin was just like headstrong into doing it. And again, it gets back to the locals. And that's where it got to the locals being like, you know, well, it's going to happen. So we'll just let it happen and move on. Yeah. Anakin blows up the factory. Well, I mean, that that's what he thought was the the best way to stop the the separatists uh, from from getting their nearly indestructible battle droids. Um, which is a, a it's a it's kind of a, a neat idea. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there were there are a couple different things here because right? they had to have a reason for both plots. So there was the um, there was the the separatist battle droid factory in in the uh, earlier on and then later there was you know we, we find out why thrawn was actually helping vader in the in the unknown regions as well because he actually had a ulterior motive in many ways um one that he did not tell the emperor about and again kind of almost puts a a question mark on his loyalty mm-hmm. um did, did he help the empire to help, you know, to, to, because of that? Or like, basically did he help the empire because it was convenient or was he actually, and, and he was really like out to, to solve his own, you know, in his, in his own interests or, or was he actually trying to help the empire? Yeah. I'll say I, they asked, they, Thrawn asked a lot of Thrawn. God, Zahn <laughs> asks and, uh, poses a lot of questions and open loose ends around the mm-hmm. kind of Chiss ascendancy and the grist and the empire and how these kind of groups inter- intertwine and may intertwine in the future. I really hope we get the end of this story. So do I. So do I. Because I'm hoping that if there is a third book of this, because what I got out of it is there is a Chiss civil war going on. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that in the third book. Yeah, well, it's, it's fascinating because there's like there's the there's the chiss, there's these these grisks, um, which are they weren't quite, it wasn't quite clear what they are or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or or what their motives are, but they're they're attacking the chiss, and then the chiss have these force sensitive, um, you know, chiss as it's- well that they use for um for navigating the the unknown regions and that and they use mm-hmm. actually use the force to basically map where they're going which was completely unexpected and a fascinating totally. concept totally i mean that that whole thing was out of left field because the thing what i found fascinating about that was one and and thron said this the majority of them are young females mm-hmm. but it's over time they lose their connection with the force that's what I find fascinating. Yeah. The navigation thing set up something brilliant because later it ended up that uh, Darth Vader used his used the Force to navigate and help Thrawn out yeah. to where they needed to go with the... Because um, that was the thing that was back and forth on was Vader going to actually help Thrawn go after um, the Chris and get these young females back. And Vader was going back and forth. Well, in so many words, this is not my war. Right, because it has That's nothing to do I with the empire. Um, but, but to to your point, Stephen, I I think I feel like they're setting up something big here, right? Um, it Thrawn has always kind of 
he, he's had this Thrawn Zahn. Now I'm doing it. Uh, they're so similar. Uh, it's really tough. Zahn has yeah. always had this fascination with the unknown regions in all of his books, even in legends. Um, yep. But, and so I'm not surprised that the unknown regions play a, a large part here, especially because of, you know, Batu is on the edge of the galaxy and um, it, it's, it's, it's very convenient for a number of reasons, but at the end of the day, um, it, it, this felt like more than just Thrawn, Thrawn again, Zahn wanting, sorry, <laughs> this felt like this more than, derail the entire okay. oh boy, here we go. Okay, but the funny thing uh, th- is, this felt like just more Zahn than him. Thrawn because he's writing the character. Exactly. He is, he, he yes. is, he is Thrawn, right? Yeah. Um, no, it, it felt like a lot more than just him wanting to explore the unknown regions by himself though we we've gotten the unknown regions increasingly in a number of different works even like you know the the aftermath trilogy from chuck windig uh mentioned that something was going on in the unknown regions we know the first order is from the unknown regions uh snoke is from the unknown regions there's, there's a lot going on here uh we know that now thrawn and and ezra are in the unknown regions somewhere um and to me, this all feels like more than just, it feels like they're setting up something. And what they're setting up, I think, is the next animated series from um, from Filoni. Really? I think it's the Ahsoka Sabine series in search of Ezra, the rescue of Ezra okay. in the Unknown Regions Ooh. with Ron. And I think we might get a lot of the the stuff like the, or, or or maybe it's not the, the Filoni series maybe it's the you know one, maybe it's the I never thought um, of this. maybe it's the maybe it's the the new series from Ryan Johnson uh maybe it's um you know we, we don't we don't know we don't I don't know what it could be I suspect mm. it's the Filoni the next Filoni animated series though and I think Stephen you and I were talking about this recently I think there's going to be three different levels of of animated series Uh, or or, or, or Star Wars television. I think there's going to be the younger skewing series that is Lego star Wars. Maybe. And I don't know. I don't know where this is going to fit because we haven't actually seen any of the show yet. Maybe resistance. I think might be Mm -hmm. in there. Then there's the slightly, I would say more like maybe older teen animated series, more of like clone wars and rebels. Mm-hmm. and this unknown regions thing. And that gives them a lot of really interesting stuff they can do. We know they were going to bring in the Yuzhan Vong into Clone Wars before the series was canceled, right? So they're already, they've already been going this direction. Rebels is now sending characters in the, into the unknown regions. There's a lot that's building up here. Um, I will say, I don't, we're not getting the Vong. I don't think, not, we'll, I don't I don't think so. we'll actually get the Vong anymore. But I, I, I think that you can see where their thinking was. They've been, they've been thinking of the unknown regions for a while. Um, sure. And then there'll be the older series, which is the John Favreau series where mm-hmm, right. that will be, okay. You know, I don't want to say like, it's not going to be adult. It'll be all ages, but it's going to be, right. I think the more, I mean, a little slightly more violent, slightly more dark series. Mm-hmm. Um, but aren't, aren't we missing another, uh, another two writers? Didn't they get the guys from game of Thrones? They're doing, do a series? they're doing um, some movies though. They're, Oh, they're doing movies. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry about that. I thought it was a series. I hope that's Old Republic. But anyway, that's my opinion. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, I, I, so I think I don't know. I could be I could be way off base here. I suspect that this is not the last we see of 
the Chiss and the Grisks. And I think this is all setting up something big. Okay. So something something tells me you're probably right. I I I agree. I, I agree. But I'm I'm gonna throw this out because this is a question I was thinking of. Do you think well, okay, at this point, Vader found these young ladies who lose our force sensitivity. Do you think if they go into the unknown region, they're gonna try and get them to figure out why they lose their force sensitivity and figure out a way for them not to lose the force sensitivity? Now, to me, that was, I read that as a, the Chiss are an alien species. And as we know, different species have different types of relationships with the force. Good, good point. Yeah. Very good point. I read that as it's uh, just part of how they work. Um, what I think is more interesting is the kind of maybe suggestion that Thrawn might have been one of these people as well. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one because, okay, because they did say, or he did say that it was rare they had a male because it was mostly yep. female. So, okay, I could huh. I could see that point if it completely went over my head. Yeah, it's it's very subtle. I, I didn't mm. really notice it except that I saw other people commenting on it. Interesting. Um, so the Thrawn actually had the Force at one point and then lost it. Yeah, like the rest right. of his race does. Huh. That's cool. I'm I didn't think about that. again. I did not think about that. Neither did I. Yeah, it, the implications of that would be. I kind of hope it hope it's not because I like the idea that Thrawn is a you know that was one of the things that made him so cool. I think in the original Thrawn trilogy is that he is not a force sensitive. He's just a brilliant tactician in his own way. Okay, but well, they I could think he'll play on that if yeah. he lost his foreign sensitivity. He could still sure, have, sure, but the, there's there's still a question the understanding, now of how much of his right. I think it gives him just an understanding of people with the force and not. Yeah, that's how I see it now. Because if if you if you had that force ability, and let's say you lost it at twelve, you would yeah. still have the understanding of how it, how other people with it, how it works, and you can work with them easier. And it doesn't. Yeah. It does not take away his brilliant tactician because his mind is still his mind is still on tactics. But he just lost the ability to use the force. But he understands how to work with them, and that's why, to a certain extent, maybe he does feel sorry that Anakin turned into Vader. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Throwing it out there. Yeah, I do All see your point, good. though, Stephen. I, I see your point yeah. where having had the force at one point, though, does then call into question everything he's done, and does he still have a little bit of it? And you know, exactly. Yeah. I get it. And I, I can see that too. Yeah. I, I don't have a good solution. Uh, I, you know, sorry, I should say nothing is certain. Certainly. Um, we'll, you know, we'll have to see where they take it. Yep. That's really what it comes down to. So there has to be a third book from Zahn coming at some point that I am dying to read. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, overall, I thought, I thought Thrawn Alliances was a, a very enjoyable, enjoyable book. Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. So does that mean we're getting on to our ratings right now? Because I think we've covered enough of the book. Yeah, I think well, I think I think it is. I think it is. So, okay. um, Stephen. Ooh, you would you would pick me first, wouldn't you? God, I was gonna. I mean, I was I, hoping to go first. Okay, Tom, you go first. Yeah, you know, thank you, Tom. Not Your sacrifice is greatly appreciated. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm gonna bail you out on this one. <laughs> um, 
Uh, okay. Steven's it's taking me. the Thrawn route, saying your sacrifice is greatly appreciated. I'm taking the Vader route and saying, just say your reviews, Tom. No. <laughs> <laughs> My review is... No. Um, I I love this book. I, I am probably, when I get done reading Solo, I'm going to read this one again. It is an outstanding book. Timothy Zahn... What, what can go wrong? What can go wrong when Zahn writes a book, um, especially about Thrawn? That was bad. So was I am giving horrible. Yeah, you know what, Tom? Horrible. I think you, you just need to start over. Okay. No, I'm I'm not going to start over because I am actually going to give this book a nine point five out of ten. Um, okay. You know, there's not much more you can say about this. It was a great book. It's written by Timothy Zahn. I am taking my 9.5 Womp Rats and I am going to gift them to Zon. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there you go. I'm going to gift my 9.5 Zon or Rats. Yeah. I don't know who I, you're talking which one you're talking about anymore. Well, as I've said, technically Thrawn is Zon because Zon is the one that's writing Thrawn. So Thrawn and Zon and Zon and Thrawn are one and the same. So... It's the point. Oh Steven, please go. I have, I have no idea what you're saying right now, <laughs> but it sounds it's, very it's smart. It's the point. That, that's okay. It's the point five that got confused. Go. That's why it wasn't a perfect ten. So it had to be Only split. Only point five two. got confused. The point five <laughs> womp rat. So uh, anyway, yeah, my nine point five womp rats. That's what I'm doing with them. I'm going to be nice and just give them the Timothy's on and say thank you for writing a very good book. There you go. Steven, right. now you can go. Now, now I can go. So yes. I'm going to give it. Man, I feel so. I feel really biased because I love all of Timothy Zahn's works. I think I'm going to have to give this a. Oh, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. Whoa. Um, if it weren't honestly, if it weren't for some of the Padme sections dragging just a little bit, I would have gone a little bit higher. Uh, that said, it's a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not expect to like the Clone Wars era pieces at all, um, and I. They're, they're still my second favorite. The Vader and Thrawn interaction is just fantastic and is worth reading for that alone. Uh, but the entire book just works. Yeah. And it's it's a great story. And it I know as I said, it, it's leaving me wanting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, where most Star Wars stories, oh, like, okay, they left an open end. Great. It's even like, you know, okay, hey, Solo has Maul. That, that's cool. I kind of want to know what happens with, like, the next piece of that story that they're kind of teasing from the movie. But mm-hmm. if I never find out, like, I'll, I'll live. But this is where I'm like, they better. I'm waiting for the next story. They better write that story. Yeah, Someone better write that story, or someone oh, yes. like you know. I I need the next. I need the next chapter. Yeah. Uh, so nine and a half Womp Rats. Um, I'm gonna tell you guys another secret. Um, it Uh-oh. turns out, and you know, wouldn't have discovered this otherwise. You know, so the Chiss are force sensitive when they're very young. It turns out that Womp Rats are <laughs> force sensitive just before they die. So really. Yeah, so my so you mean they, they, they suddenly a... discover what happens just before <laughs> yeah, they die. Basically, so just nine and a half womp rats that are suddenly realizing, ah, oh, we can use the force, and then they are no more. <laughs> they, you know, if they live just a little bit longer, they they might be able to get more out of it. But oh well, you know. That's why. That's do? why you have. That's why you have the point five because half of them realized before the other one kicked off. Yeah, well, so. that one actually is like, oh, guys, I know what's about to happen. And then he runs, and he almost makes it away. Yeah, good uh, point. But... He's split in half. Yeah, William, get us out of this, please. Okay, well, uh, I, I loved the book as well. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, 
yeah, man, what what can I say that you guys haven't said? Um, Zahn is a is a fantastic author, and I love the dynamic between Vader and Thrawn, and Anakin and Thrawn, and everything they're they're setting up, and and especially all of the ties to Rebels, which. I mean, admittedly, I shouldn't be that surprised by, given that it's, you know, Thrawn played such a heavy role in in Rebels, but it's always cool to see, and I really enjoyed that and getting some more, you know, backstory to like the Tide Defender program and and everything, and uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic book, uh, highly recommend it if you if you haven't read it yet, and, and why are you listening to this episode if you haven't read it? Um, but I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. Uh, absolutely love the book, and uh, yeah, you know my my nine Womp Rats are they they actually have um, Rook's uh, cloaking technology, ooh, and so ooh, that's ooh. Vader's soldiers couldn't capture Rook. Or oh, they kept capturing Rook, but they what they didn't know was that the 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 eight Womp Rats with Rook were running all over, still doing his spying for him. So, so I so oh I take my. it the ninth one the ninth one actually didn't have the uh, cloaking device the tenth one yeah he got captured no okay so the tenth one got captured but the eight were running around no, with no, rook, I, so nine still missing one. no nine out of ten. okay no, okay got it Come okay on. don't try to knock down my review score <laughs> I'm not trying to okay <laughs> Jeez, Tom <laughs> <laughs> well I'm sorry but the guy was cloaked what am I supposed to do can't believe you. <laughs> you know, Tom, let me ask you this question. Yes, go ahead. How do you think Lord Vader would react to that excuse? There you go. That was impressive. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I, there you Tom, go, guys. Tom's death live on Ion Cannon. Wow. Thank you. I got it in you. Hey. And with that, I think we're done. <laughs> Yeah, we are. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we we are going to take a break for the next uh, couple weekends while we're all out on some last few trips before the end of summer. Uh, but we will be back with our next episode reviewing the series premiere of Star Wars Resistance in a month. Get ready. It's here. It's finally here. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.